Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. You know, you can smoke cigarettes in an airport as long as you're not a little bitch about it. I got to credit that joke to comedian Scott Wharton, who was just texting, <laughs> messaging, me, messaging me right before the show. God bless him. Hey, uh, remember cigarette machines? Uh, those of you who are younger may not remember these gadgets. Uh, there were vending machines where you put in your coins or in later years, bills, and then you'd pull on the knob and out pops your brand. And this is how kids like me were able to get cigarettes when we were under 18 years old. But at least I paid for them. There was a time when I was 17 where I would shoplift cigarettes. There was a time when cigarettes were put up on shelves and not behind a counter. Do you remember those times? Now, obviously, I regret the crimes I committed in my youth, but the, but the reason the cigarette machine no longer exists and the reason why cigarettes are kept behind a, a counter is because of kids like me. So how dare I lament the loss of cigarette machines when I was the reason that they were phased out? But hey, weren't we all walking contradictions? No, just me. <laughs> so hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm your host, The Madman. How you doing? We're uh, December 15th, 2021, or 15 deck 21 as we do in the military. Anyway, I want to remind you that I have a YouTube channel. You're probably watching on it right now. But it, go back and view like a, a whole bunch. If you go back and view. Go back and view like a, like a whole bunch of my old stuff. I think that my YouTube channel is really underrated, underappreciated. I think I'm quite brilliant, but maybe I'm biased, but I would appreciate if you went, you know, you like, and you comment and you show your friends, my crazy videos and stuff like that. Cause I, there's a wide variety of stuff like that. I, I did my singing monsters. I did uh, like some Fortnite videos and some call of duty videos and see if the videos. So gaming bunch of FXBG pirate gamer stuff is also on my channel. You know, it's a wide variety, wide variety of stuff. Uh, so check it out. I'd appreciate it. Like, comment. Uh, comments are real important. I would appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay. I also have a Patreon. Please go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. There you can become a patron for as little as $3 a month. And there you can, uh, uh, maybe I'll, you could support me that way. Or you could support me at Cash App. Use the hashtag shockmonkeyradio, all one word. I would appreciate it. Thank you very much. Do you know someone who always complains about their food at a restaurant? I bet you do. These days, we may call them Karens. Sorry, Karen. Or perhaps you can spot them by their I want to talk to your manager haircuts slash dye jobs. But face it, these people have always existed. I worked in food service in the 90s. We knew those customers who were always complained. Karens have always existed. Sorry, Karen. But since the invention of the internet, you have got, they have gotten very loud. So thank Yelp for Karens. So if you have a product, any product, be it food, a film, a book, a song, whatever, anyone and everyone who wants to find a place on, uh, who wants can find a place online to complain about it. Obviously, businesses want feedback from the customers, but you have to take into, the account, into account the kind of person that wants to leave feedback. Kind people and smart people tend not to fill out comment cards. After all, if your steak was a little overcooked, well, it's one bad meal in the 87,000 meals you'll be having in your lifetime. So why waste time complaining? However, there are people who love 
to complain. These people exist, and such people tend to be angry a lot. They love to whine and complain. They are easily offended, and they are highly motivated to fill out comment cards and give negative Yelp reviews. And they also say, and make them want to say things like, I want to speak to your manager. These people are fastidious. They are never satisfied with every, anything. And this invalidates their opinion in my, their, their complaints in my opinion. But like I said, these people have always existed. So the real problems is not the fastidious Karens, sorry, Karen, but the, rather the fact that companies that make products take them seriously. After all, these people are a very small minority of the human population, but because their complaints have been amplified through the internet, these complaints will alter their product. These companies will alter their products or place restrictions and or warnings, or perhaps even pull a product based upon the complaints of a few squeaky wheels. These habitual whiners should not be shaping our culture or determining what products or services or even YouTube videos we should be allowed to use or see. After all, most people are not broken children who thinks that the world needs to conform to their sensibilities. Most people would just hit the like button and move on. And even a large majority of the dissatisfied or offended people don't feel a need to complain because they know that indulging in your misery is bad for you physically and mentally. And, and they figure there's no point to complaining because it's, it's a large world that has products and services of inter, uh, that entertainment and entertainment catering to all types of people. Some of it may be right up your alley, but most of it may not be. Healthy people understand that fact. Stop catering to these whiny little babies who would complain about anything simply because they don't know how to talk about anything else. There should be only one response to negative reviews, and that is, Go blow it out your ass. You don't like our widgets? There's plenty of other widget makers in a free market. Whew. Do I seem angry to you? <laughs> okay, like, nah. Like, angrier than usual? I've been off my medication for over two weeks now, and I've certainly noticed a difference. <laughs> Un poquito. Case says, the more quickly uh, I'm more quickly enraged, I've noticed, and maybe you have. But lately, I am reminded that this is how I felt every day of my life before Prestique. My medication is called Prestique, by the way. And the way I feel right right now was my was my normal for decades. I remember being in the Navy and contract work afterwards, and I would frequently get angry, justified, in my opinion. And everyone would tell me, everyone would tell me that getting pissed at injustice is inappropriate. However, I think that there is nothing better to get pissed at. In the Navy and the greedy contractors that work for them, there's plenty to get pissed at. But people would tell me that I was wrong in my anger. But do they say the same to those fastidious complainers that I mentioned in my last segment? So I was angry a lot back before the meds. I even scared some of my quote unquote superiors because of it. The blood would rush away from my face rapidly, my hands would shake uncontrollably, and my rhetoric would make people uneasy because I had a very good point and it was a very viable reason to be angry. However, the fact that I was angry and someone else got scared by it put me in the wrong. Whatever. And that's what the pills make me say about this kind of stuff. Whatever. You don't care about the injustice? Fine. I'm getting out of the Navy. You don't care about people stealing taxpayer dollars? Fine. You'll have to fire me from this job. You want to give me a polygraph to get that job? Fuck off. I'll find something else to do. 
Granted, my attitude is not altered by the medication, but rather I am more quick to walk away from that kind of stuff and say whatever. Because there is nothing to be gained from my anger and entertaining it only takes a toll on my physical and mental health. It's the same thing that I was saying about the Karens in the previous segment. Sorry, Karen. I can recognize that I am not powerful enough to uncorrupt the government or the military or the military contractors. I can also recognize that I am a flawed individual, hence the need for medication, and perhaps that colors my myopic perceptions of the world. I can live my, by my principles and morality without trying to bend the entire world to my will. Perhaps that makes me more mature than most people. At least that's what I would like to think. Maybe I need to work on my false sense of superiority next. But prestique is the reason why I'm, that I'm able to do this. Well, the alcohol and weed help. Uh, Patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio and cash app, hashtag shockmonkeyradio. And the irony is not lost on me. I know Pfizer makes prestique. And I get it through a patient assistance program. So Pfizer gives it to me for free. I think that Pfizer and Big Pharma are some of the most evil companies in the world. I may think that Big Pharma is using the governments of the world as salesmen to force their vaccines upon the world population so that they line their pockets. But I get prestige for free. It's just like YouTube. I may hate the fact that I am shadow banned and deprioritized in the algorithm, but YouTube hosts a terabyte of video files I've uploaded to their site for free. Perhaps it's not my place to rage against YouTube, rage against the machine. I lost my spot. It's not my place to uncorrupt the government or the government contractors. After all, I am just a guy who begs for free pills, begs for views and subscribers, begs for patrons and cash app. I am not the hero of our collective story. And the fact that I am not the Batman I always wanted to be is the toughest pill to swallow of all. And Prestique is a square-shaped pill. <laughs> all right, I want to talk briefly about a... I'm going quick. I want to talk briefly about this uh, idea of secession. I think we talked about it before where California... People, people in California say they want to break off, secede, become their own country. And yeah, I'm all for that. I really am. No but more federal funding. Exactly. No more Fed money from, for you. But here's the point. It's like, are you really that, if you want to secede, you would rather secede from the United States of America, or the greatest country in the world. You want to secede from the United States of America in, instead of just becoming Republican? Because here's the point of Republicanism. All right. Republicanism believes that the states should have more power than the corrupt federal government. And the reason why our taxes are so high is because of all those jackasses mooching off of our taxpayer dollars in Washington, D.C. Republicans, true Republicans, believe that California has a right to be a crazy hippie state if it wants to be, just as long as Texas gets to be a real conservative, gun-toting, badass place. That's the point of Republicanism. That's the point of the Republic. Before the World Wars specifically World War II, it was more Republican. But because of the, the unified nature of the, world, of the Second World War, that created the military-industrial complex, which also fueled the big government ideas, the, do, uh, the doctrine of FDR and stuff like that. Big government, big centralized government is not the point of a republic. That's where the corruption lies. You already have a government in your state, state house. 
You already have your state senators. You got local council people. You got tons of government between you and the federal government. Why do we need all those people in Washington sucking away all of our tax dollars? Think about the difference you pay to your state versus what you pay federal taxes. That's a shitload of money that they are just lining their pockets with. I don't trust people with our money, with that much of our money. And you would rather secede from the union than become a Republican? Maybe you should just try to understand the ideas of Republicanism before you condemn it so horribly. It's not that bad. It's actually one of the best government styles on the planet. I could argue that monarchy can be better. However, <laughs> people are flawed in those inbred <laughs> Brits. You don't know what to make of them. You don't know what to make of them. They're actually blue-blooded aliens or something. <laughs> I saw her face turn into a reptile. Anyway, just a big rant on secession. I was just thinking about it and made me kind of angry. It's like, you'd rather leave the United States than even think about being a Republican. <laughs> How bad do you think we are? We're really quite sweet when we're medicated. Uh, so, all right, uh, I, uh, I rented a, I rented a movie. I, I, I was watching this movie. It's 19, I think it was 1984 flick called Rage War on Hulu. And it's one of the, no, it's awful. It's one of those very, very awful C, C movies, D movies that you had like in the eighties and stuff like that. But, uh. I was like, you know, half hour into this thing. It's like, this, this is awful. It, it was like, like war games kind of thing where there's some computers and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, the whole room was a computer. It's, <laughs> it was, it was crazy. And so I was like, I can't watch any more of this. This is too silly. And so, um, 30 minutes into it and I shut it off and I went and found another movie to watch right there at my fingertips. And I was thinking about like 1988. I think I did this before. I think I might've seen this movie before. But I rented it at the movie, at the uh, VHS shop, all right? And, you know, in the late 80s, you know, I, when you went and you look, read the back of a, of a description for a movie, because I always read a description of a movie before I watch it. And so you're looking, you're, you're perusing the movies in the VHS store, and you read the back, and it's like, oh, I think I might kind of like this, you know? And so you pay the money, you know? It's usually like the, it was like the subscription fees are today. <laughs> For a month is <laughs> what you rented a single movie for, for like three days or something like that. You would, uh, 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 then you take the Rage War movie home, you'd pop in your VHS thing, you start watching it, 30 minutes in, you realize, oh, this is shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then you realize it's like I paid, you know, five bucks, you know, to rent the movie. I got it for three days. I don't want to watch it at all. And then I got to bring it back. You kids don't know how easy it is these days to just skip over horrible movies, all right? Because that thing, and, and you'd be highly motivated to bring it back before a late fee. You're just like, I do not want to pay any more for this horrible movie with a deceptive description. <laughs> At least that five bucks would get you a month of like Hulu or something like that. You don't know how bad it was back then. Because you'd get angry at it. You'd come out of the shower and you see that plastic case on there. And he's like, oh, I got to get down there before that late fee starts kicking in. What time's it closed tonight? You know? And you got to call up to the video store. What time you closed tonight? Now it's just skip. Oh. I mean, I love these inventions, but they're making us too lazy <laughs> in many ways. Because, I mean... At least, you, you know, the time you spent watching a movie, you don't regret as much anymore. 
when you watch, you'll sit through a shitty movie on your thing and you don't regret it the way you regretted it when you rented those movies. Cause you also regret that time. I need to go somewhere and get this. Yeah. You're also, that's the point. It's like the bar for your entertainment has lowered, you know? And that's why movies aren't doing so well right now. <laughs> Cause you're not, you're not innovative anymore. You're just spitting out the same stuff over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. <sighs> anyway. Yep. And that's, that's what all I watched this horrible movie. And that's all I thought about. I didn't pay attention to the plot or anything. It was like, this movie's so awful. I got to think about it for a while. <laughs> all right. So we got one more segment before we get into the news and we're just going to, we're going to do the woman of the week and the woman of uh, the woman of the week this week is Pamela Reed. And you can see some pictures of her right there. Um, you probably, when I said the name, you probably had no idea who she was. But as soon as you see her face, you you know who she is. Because she's got that, like, she's that chick that was in, like, Kindergarten Cop. Let me pull up her IMDb here. Yeah, she was in Kindergarten Cop. Uh, Proof of Life. She was in The Right Stuff. Junior. She was in Junior. She was in Two Schwarzenegger Films. You know, and um, I watched a movie last night with her in it. And I just started thinking about her as an actor. Because I because uh, this one was like a mid-80s movie or something like that called uh, Chattahoochee with Gary Oldman, who was a good actor even back then. Uh, uh, it's not a great movie, but, I mean, she was in it, and, I th and she looked good back then. She has kind of that uh, fish face Uma Thurman thing. Uh, but E.K. and I were talking. It was like, I think she's cuter than, uh, in her prime, cuter than Uma Thurman. And, uh, and, of course, you know her face, but you don't know her name because she's never been in, like, a many blockbusters or anything. She's always been like the uh, second girl, you know, friend of the main female, you know. And it, it, it's because, obviously, she's not a striking woman in terms of her looks and stuff like that. She's uh, it, not the 10. She's not the ingenues, you know. She's not the main female squeeze. You know, she's always kind of a secondary kind of thing. And, uh, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with women like that. I mean, she's not a head turner. She's not going to stop traffic, sure. But if you run in across a woman like that, and you run it, uh, work with them, or uh, or hang out with them for a little while with a group of friends or something like that, and she, you know she's got good banter, you know she uh, she's kind of funny, you know, got a little bit of a you know a streak you like in her that you like, and. Uh, and that's kind of like the better woman in general, you know, uh, for for anybody. It's like somebody you can get get along with is better than being hot. You know, pretty girls get asked out all the time. You know, they get asked out all the time. And so when you uh uh when you when you come across a girl who obviously doesn't get talked to all the time, but she has a personality to make up for it, you know, that makes them more beautiful. You know. And that's why, you know, it's like sometimes you'll like uh, you'll meet up a very pretty girl, but you realize she's an idiot. All right. Guys, you know, plenty. you realize she's an idiot and that makes her uglier in your eyes. And so, you know, you have to understand is like, you know, personality really does matter. I mean, if you're a dumb guy and you meet another dumb person, it's like, what's I don't I don't see anything wrong with that. But, you know, me, I'm a little bit deeper than most. I like an interesting conversation. You know, I'm. I almost said educated, but that would be a lie. <laughs> well read, you know, I got an extensive vocabulary and I think I'm pretty smart, you know? And so, I mean, I, uh, I want, I want to meet somebody who's, uh, 
funny and interesting like me because I find me interesting. <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, you know, beauty isn't like – it isn't everything, fellas. You know, I, I usually don't have to tell women this kind of thing. But beauty isn't everything, you know. Uh, go ahead and talk to that girl, you know. It's like just talk to every girl. You know, you might find one who's – and you because, I mean, looking at a girl is – is a, a a poor judge of their character. It's like, oh, she wears nice clothes. Eh. So what? You know, people with style piss me off. People who care about what they're wearing, <laughs> they I hate them. You know. So I mean, it, it, I find vain people unattractive. You know, but sometimes there's a six hanging around. There's a real nice five. Give them a chat. You know, we all kind of grow up and you know we could with so much media we consume there's like some so many of us seem to think that we deserve a 10 like everyone out here and women too in many ways think they deserve a 10 but you know what maybe you should give that nice five you know a shot you know well we've all we've all become somewhat fastidious anyway so here's to pamela reed and every woman on earth like her all right let's go ahead and get to the news worth knowing Okay, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, and NBC ignore ousted CNN producer accused of child sex crimes. All right. Warning, some of this details from this indictment may be disturbing. I'll skip it if I can't stand it. The liberal, network, uh, the liberal networks are once again shielding CNN by not covering its latest scandal surrounding the network's recently fired producer has been accused of child sex crimes. John Griffin, a former senior producer of CNN's long-struggling news, uh, morning program, New Day, was charged Friday by a grand jury in Vermont for three counts of using a facility of interstate commerce to attempt to entice minors to engage in unlawful, awful things. He's been fired from CNN. However, the growing legal drama is brushed up under the rug, brushed under the rug by CNN's media allies. MSNBC, CNN's closest liberal rival on cable, has not mentioned Griffith once since his arrest on Friday, according to transcripts. ABC, CBS, and NBC also failed to acknowledge the shocking charges on the morning, on the more their morning and evening newscasts. Additionally, CNN did not address the controversy on air. This isn't the first time the liberal networks refrained from informing viewers of CNN's woes. In September, they all, all four avoided not now fired CNN Chris Cuomo's first sexual harassment allegation that was leveled by veteran TV producer Shelley Ross, who accused the host of grabbing her buttocks, buttock, so just one cheek, I guess, in a bar in 2005 and when they worked at ABC News. If the, you just to pronounce buttock. Buttock. <laughs> he grabbed me directly on the buttocks. MSNBC, ABC, CBS, and NBC later reported on Cuomo's ousting from CNN when the network learned of the second of a second accuser. Yeah, so that, that's the point of this article. I'm, you, I'm sure you know the details if you keep up with the news, uh, or at least the conservative news, apparently, because um, this is a big deal. You know, this just just Lane Maxwell trial. You know, that's barely being covered by the media. Very quietly, not extensive at all. Certainly not as extensively as they covered like the Rittenhouse. You know, when the Rittenhouse thing was going in, in its heyday, <laughs> you know, there was eight articles on every single news page about the Rittenhouse trial. But you may get one a day about the Maxwell trial. 
I just don't understand. It's creepy to me. It's creepy to me that these corporations are interested in protecting people who have done awful things with children. You know, I don't know if you heard about this MAPS thing, this minor attracted people thing, where they're trying to say it's like it's like a sexuality. Being attracted to kids is a sexuality. That's perverse and evil. All right? And I just, it, it upsets me. It disgusts me to my core to think that these big organizations are protecting people that do things like that. I mean, you come near my niece, you try to cut anything like that with my niece, I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. And I'm sure a lot of you have those have emotions like that, but you're probably not willing to admit it on it on, on YouTube. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's go on to the next story. All right. Uh, I was talking about states' rights, and DeSantis seems like the guy who could bring back true republicanism to this country, maybe. Fingers crossed. You never know. Anyway, DeSantis takes aim at critical race training, theory training, in schools and corporate America. Everyone all right? Yes, oh, okay. <laughs> was that a gunshot? What was that? All right. Yeah. He, DeSantis takes aim at CRT training in schools and corporate America. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is introducing legislation Wednesday banning critical race theory in classrooms and in corporate settings, such as employee training, through a piece of legislation coined the Stop Woke Act. Eh, simple, I guess. The Florida Department of Education previously enacted a rule to prevent CRT-inspired content in a state's K-12 schools. DeSantis was, uh, has emphatically condemned critical race theory, a, frame, a framework that involves construct, uh, deconstructing aspects of society to discover systemic racism beneath the surface. A framework that involves deconstructing aspects of society to, to discover systemic racism beneath the surface. That's very terse. <laughs> uh, quote Florida's civics curriculum will in incorporate uh, foundational concepts with the best materials and it will expressly exclude unsanctioned narratives like critical race theory and other unsubsta unsubstantiated theories DeSantis said in March quote let me be clear this is no room there is no room in our classrooms for things like critical race theory teaching kids to hate their country and hate each other is not worth one red cent of taxpayer money that's right. That's our money, fools. Yet the governor's bill expands uh, the effort beyond education. Quote, now the progressivist, the progressive activist CRT agenda is not only in education, but also in corporate boardrooms and employee trainings at some of the America's most powerful corporations. The governor's office explained in a news release, uh, workers are subjected to trainings pushing the, the falsehoods that America is a white, quote, white supremacist country uh, and that white Americans are raised to be racist from early childhood. Uh, these diverse narratives and, and indoctrination programs create a hostile environment in violation of our laws and principles. The Stop Wrong, the Stop Wrongs to Our Kids and Employees Act, Stop W O K E Act, will go on the offense against both corporate weak, uh, wokeness and critical race theory in our schools, according to the release. The legislation aims to protect employees by deeming critical race uh, theory to, training to be unlawful employment practice. The proposed legislation would make clear that corporations and pro uh, public sector employees violate the Civ uh, Florida Civil Rights Act when they subject their employees to training that espouses race or sex stereotyping or scapegoating to including critical race theory. Yes, correct. 
The Stop Woke Act also names to protect teachers and uh, school staff by declaring critical race training to be a discriminatory practice in education, which it is, from kindergarten through college and university levels. The bill will, uh, will require districts and schools to adhere to a professional development framework co uh, consistent with Florida's lawful and public, publicly adopted state standards. So that sounds pretty awesome. They, uh, I wonder how many taxpayer dollars they wasted to uh, give somebody, like pay that guy a couple days to think about a good acronym for woke. How can we use woke <laughs> and make a good acronym out of that? How much, how much, how much tax dollars? <laughs> I mean, I may support DeSantis, but I want to check his books too. You know what I'm saying? You wasted our money. <laughs> it doesn't have to sound cool. Just get the law done. <laughs> <laughs> Save me some money, damn it. <laughs> anyway, that's good. I'm I, I'm glad he's he's like one of the few guys that are like being uh, making a stand. He's getting a lot of headlines that I, I can agree with and get behind. I like that guy. Now let's go to the opposite side. It's the next story. Biden to DNC holiday party. We're going to win in 2022. <clears throat> Excuse me a second. <laughs> do you see the gas prices do you see the gas prices sir <laughs> okay let's uh oh, let's read this see if we can get through this article okay president joe biden spoke at a democratic national committee holiday party on tuesday night and expressed expressed optimism that his party will prevail in next year's midterm elections Quote, we have to keep making the case, Biden told the crowd of about 400 in Washington, D.C. Let me say this again. From the president, we're going to win in 2022. Deep breath. Okay. Quote, I want to tell my Republican friends, get ready, pal, you're in for a problem, Biden said, explaining that Republicans are, quote, against everything and challenging the crowd to name something that GOP is for. Uh, many political anal analysts expect Republicans to roll up victories in House elections next November. <laughs> During his speech, Biden touted his recently uh, passed infrastructure spending package as the most significant piece of infrastructure spending since the Eisenhower administration. The president also celebrated that over 200 million Americans are vaccinated. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi also spoke at the event, explained how Biden is the, quote, perfect president to handle the challenging times facing the country. <laughs> He's got a lot of little holes to put your hands in and operate them like a puppet. It's a very innovative puppet. Cutting edge technology. <laughs> quote, uh, she went on to say, our country could not be better served than with this most experienced and capable hand of, hands than yours, President Biden. The San Francisco D Democrat told the crowd, he's just perfect. The timing couldn't be better. Yeah, I guess. He could be dead tomorrow. God God forbid. President Biden standing with Americans, uh, standing with Americans remains to be in the negative territory heading into the final few weeks of 2021. I don't know if you notice this. The president stands at 43% approval rating and 51 disapproval in an NPR Marist National Survey released last Thursday. Um, a day earlier, national poll at Monmouth University indicated a 40% approval rating and a 50% disapproval rating. Both surveys were conducted in recent days. 
An average of the most recent national uh, polls compiled by Real, Real Clear Politics puts Biden's approval rating at 42% and his disapproval ratings at 52%. The average included lo- a large survey from Wall Street Journal conducted last month that had a president well underwater at 41% and 57%. Biden joked on Friday night during the appearance on N- NBC's Tonight Show that he has stopped following his approval ratings. Yeah, I bet. Who wants that kind of sadness? <laughs> Uh, quote, well, not anymore, Biden quipped during the remote interview from the White House after host Jimmy Fallon asked him how much he pays attention to poll numbers. Jimmy Fallon. Anyway, uh, <laughs> quote, I'm joking, the president stressed as Fallon laughed hysterically and the audience clapped. That's opinion right there. Hysterically. Fox News. I can hold everyone to account. All right. Uh, I was paying attention uh, when they were in the mid 60s, but now they're in the 40s. So I don't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean your overconfidence is your weakness you know it's these the friggin empire man the friggin empire are a bunch of democrats don't you understand that tatooine could rule itself <laughs> dantooine could rule itself yavin four could rule itself you don't need a centralized <laughs> collective empire how much you can make it in taxes stormtrooper how much you pay in taxes stormtrooper that's why, that's why they go rogue. <laughs> anyway. All right, let's go to the next story. Chicago neighborhood hires private security to help deter the rash of crime. Jeez Louise. Sorry, my throat is dry. Chicago neighborhood group is deploying an armed private security patrol starting Wednesday in a bid to help deter a rash of crime happening there, according to reports. The Bucktown Neighbors Association, in a letter sent to the community and obtained by Fox 32 Chicago, describes the armed guard intended to hire from P4 Security Solutions as an off-duty or recently uh, retired police officer who will monitor a portion of the neighborhood in a marked vehicle for 8 to 10 hours a day. This is, quote, to help deter the rash of crime in Bucktown neighbors between Winchester and Paulina are organizing a private security patrol, reads the letter, according to the Block Club Chicago. There are similar patrol programs in place in nearby neighborhoods. Our program is being coordinated by the newly established nonprofit, the Bucktown Neighbors Association. The letter reportedly asked residents to contribute towards a $190,000 per year fee for the security services. A P4-branded PowerPoint presentation obtained by Block Clubs Chicago said the patrols would start in the evening with hours changing depending upon the season. Quote, if someone is being held at gunpoint and they feel that that person's life is in imminent danger, the off-duty police officer will interject and try to try to defuse the situation. While they are off-duty police officers, they will not have arrest powers or jurisdiction to make arrests. It must be a life-saving event. Oh, sh- they're only there to, if they, you know, if they need to sling lead. Read another document reportedly sent to members of the Bucktown Neighbor Association, according to Block Club Chicago. The website reports that the patrols will start to come as Chicago is experiencing a citywide rise in carjackings. Yeah, it's getting real bad in Chicago. Uh, Through December 9th, there were uh, 1,658 carjackings in 2021, up from 1,303 and 544 through the same time periods of 2020 and 2019, respectively. Block Club Chicago reported this. Anyway, um, yeah, it's getting bad, but you know, some of these neighborhoods are lucky enough that they can pull enough money to get some sort of security, but you know, they also pay their taxes too. And taxes should be going, you know, some of them should be going to the police to be stopping stuff like that. And if crime's getting that bad in a place, you need more money, uh, uh, 
sent to the police. You know, if you have if crime starts spiking, you're not building too few prisons. You know what I'm saying? You don't have an over you don't have an over incarceration problem. You have an under incarceration problem if crime's spiking. That's simple logic. I don't know why that's that hard for so many people. All right. And, and here's an interesting thing, too, about like uh, places like Chicago, they have like aldermen, which are like local government representatives for neighborhoods, if I understand correctly. And that's kind of the point of the republic, you know, of having a great republic is because, you know, you can have different states with different ideas. And I, I kind of like the idea of aldermen's where they're representatives from your local community that, rep, you know, go and speak for you on, on your behalf of your community. I always thought that was an interesting concept. And, you know, that's the point of a, a republic. You know, try different things. See, see how they work. Anyway, so cops need to be funded. You know, uh, private citizens shouldn't have to pay for private security just to be secure. Hopefully, I want to live in an America where everybody is safe. All right. All right. So uh, I got two more stories before we end the show. And, uh, you know, I like to end on a happier note, but uh, we do have to mention something about the tornadoes in Kentucky. So obviously, it's a very, very sad and, you know, Thoughts and prayers, you know, out to all those people in those areas. Uh, but, you know, there's always a little glimmer of light in the darkness. A Kentucky man rescues wife, sister-in-law from candle factory demolished by a tornado. This is in May, from Mayfield, Kentucky. An MMA, MMA fighter rescued his wife, her sister, and others trapped in a Mayfield, Kentucky candle factory, a tornado, uh, a tornado leveled. Excuse me. It's a miracle I even found them. I don't know how it happened, Brian Brooks told Fox News. Tornadoes flattened and destroyed entire communities across multiple states Friday and Saturday. At least 74 people died in Kentucky, which has hit the hardest, and at least another 100 were missing, according to the governor, Andy Bashir. Brooks, an MMA fighter of roughly 14 years, was at home, in his uh, home lying in his bed Friday night, while his daughter and granddaughter were in a bathtub with helmets, pillows, and blankets to protect themselves in a tornado. Well, if you got helmets, you might as well put them on. <laughs> anyway, a uh, tornado ripped through nearly everywhere in around the Brooks house, but his was narrowly missed. Quote, then I get a phone call, Brooks said. It's my wife. She calls me up. She tells me she loves me, and she's trapped, and they're, smash- uh, they're smashed, and she hung up, Brooks told Fox News. Yeah, I'd run. I jumped in the truck and flew to her. Yeah, Brooks said. When he got to the factory, it was flattened. Oh, Lord. It was like the worst war movie you see on TV. The people that were screaming that you could see in the, uh, that you could not see in the dark, Brooks said. All he knew was that his wife and all he knew is what his wife said, and she was in the woman's bathroom. I just started climbing and finding people, just helping everybody I could, Brooks, Brooks told Fox News. He said he reached out to help streaming people, but careful uh, where to be careful where, where he stepped and pulled workers out of the rubble. He was unsure of how many he helped. Finally, Brooks' sister-in-law, who was smashed on top of his wife, spotted the MMA fighter's crazy shoes. He said he had his footwear in a, very, a variety, of color, variety of colors. She knew me. She started hollering, Brian, he said. I was like, oh, my God, and started trying to pull, but the roof, candle, wax barrels, uh, bathroom walls, rafters, Everything was on top of him, he told Fox News. He tried to pry and pull, but uh, but the pipes and poles were all too long. Then some officers, thank God, they got me a crowbar. Brooks was eventually able to get them out. His uh, his wife and sister were sent to the hospital. 
They returned home Monday, a little banged up and bruised, but just uh, and just a lot of heartache. Brooks told Fox News, "They didn't just think that they were going to. They didn't think that they were going to see us ever again." The MMA fighter said, "I'm so grateful. I just want to say my prayers for everybody who wasn't so lucky." Candy Factory spokesman said, eight died in the destroyed factory." You know, it's um. <laughs> You know, heroism, you know, it kind of requires a lot of tragedy. You know, they're, they're, heroism, to do heroic things, tragedy must be happening all around you in many ways. And so uh, I think that that's a, a good thing. I, 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 as I was reading that story, I was thinking about that guy who, was, who had just gotten out of the Marine Corps and is in New York on September 11th. And that day he decided to put on his old uniform and go out and help people. He, like, pulled a bunch of people out of buildings. You know, and... It's unfortunate that these awful things like tornadoes that no, you know, it's nobody's fault. People want to blame things. You want to blame global, global warming. It's like, it's just the nature of our planet, our amazing planet, you know, amazing and terrifying planet. You know, it's, um, uh, it's funny because, you know, people think it's like, oh, it's because of global warming. We need to, it's like, you know, the earth changes temperatures on its own, you know? We contribute very little, and I think it's it's arrogant to think that the humans are causing stuff like this. You know, you're not going to write some law to stop tornadoes, to stop hurricanes, to stop earthquakes. All right, the pen is not mightier than the hurricane, but humans are amazingly interesting and adaptable creatures, and sometimes they're capable of great heroism because tragedy is inevitable. All right, so go to this last story. Ohio siblings donate nearly 50,000 toys to Nationwide Children's Hospital through annual toy drive. <laughs> Two Ohio siblings have donated nearly 50,000 toys over the past six years to one of the largest pediatric, pediatric hospitals in the country through their annual holiday toy drive. This holiday season, Tyler and Monica Slavin uh, are hoping to bring, uh, I hope I got that right, Slavin, maybe are hoping to bring another 11,500 toys for the children at Nationalwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. It all started when the Slavin siblings teamed up in 2015 with one mission, quote, to help, uh, colon, to help children who are in the hospital on Christmas. Quote, seeing, seeing a child who truly understands the joy of Christmas is priceless, Tyler told Fox News. We wanted to help the kids uh, still have that joy for those who are in a hospital during Christmas. Six years ago, the siblings began utilizing their school's expansive network of students and staff to get volunteers and donations. The Ohio Virtual Academy, an online public school for K-12 students, serves more than 1,800 kids from across the state, according to Tyler. The school does a tremendous job of helping us get the word out each year and reach new people since we are a statewide school, he said. With the help of the students and the faculty, the, uh, the siblings... We'll start placing toy donation boxes in different towns across the state. They would also stop in droves and the businesses that were, quote, very eager to help them out with monetary donations as well as donating actual toys, Tyler said. The, the Slavins, Slavins collect donations until December 10th. At that point, the siblings and their team of volunteers use the donations to buy uh, toys at local stores. That's why you can never find that thing. That's why Jingle All the Way happened. Those toy donators. <laughs> <laughs> I realize why well, I've watched that movie again recently. Boy, that's an awful one too. 
<laughs> All right. In 2015, they were able to donate 800 toys to the hospital. One year later, that number more than doubled, accounting to 1,700 donations. In 2017, they donated 3,000 toys. But in 2018 and 2019, the toy drive broke the hospital's record for single largest donation with 9,200 and, uh, and uh, 20,300 toys, respectively. Each year, the t toys are packed into U-Haul vehicles uh, and various cars and taken directly to the children. Once you get on the hospital property, it's just phenomenal. They're so friendly, welcoming, and spirited, Tyler said. It's a true joy to be around. Not only do these toys, toys bring holiday cheer to these children and their families, but they also take their focus off of being in a hospital, he added. That is awesome. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, you're giving away the game, though. People, you know, they're gonna, those kids are those kids in the hospital. They figure out Santa Claus doesn't exist first, right? <laughs> but like I said, humans are awesome things that can do amazing things in a in a chaotic and deadly world. You know, a lot of these kids could be. You know, it's one of those things. It's like one of my favorite lines from Archer was when they mentioned. You know, you have, you have a kids get cancer, and uh, what's his name? Krieger goes, oh, they do. And it is. It's a very, very sad thing that kids will get cancer, you know. And so their limited life, you know, spent in a hospital, that's that's awful. It shouldn't happen. So anything, anything to brighten their day, even if it's a few toys on, you know, at Christmas and a bunch of happy, smiling people giving away. Imagine doing that, being those people who, like, give out the toys. That must be, like... It's one thing to say, yeah, I'll go pick up the donations, but you really want to be the kid, the person who's out there giving the kids the toys, right? <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, that's got to be all sorts of great feels. You know? And I think that's kind of the point of the Christmas season. You know, it's kind of the point of a, a, a charity and giving. Is that It feels good to do it. It's the end. It's the end of the show, and it's just like the end of uh, my favorite holiday movie. You have to watch it every year. It's my favorite holiday movie, and that's Scrooged. I know you think it's, you may think it's a little dark, but I, hey, I can get dark sometimes too, and I love that movie. And it has, it's, it may be a dark movie, but it has an excellent message to it. All right? You know, you, can, you, could, go, you could go and like get, a, get a cooler and fill it with beer and make a couple sandwiches and just go to them and say, here! And you feel great about it. And you want that feeling every day of your life. I'm ready. I'm ready now. I'm ready. To, I'm ready. I'm ready to end the show. <sighs> this has been Shock Monkey Radio. I want to remind you that we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Shock Monkey Radio. Please become a patron. I also have a cash app. Use the hashtag Shock Monkey Radio. You can do it that way as well. I would appreciate it. The Shock Monkey Radio. I'm your host, The Madman. And I love you.